It's Mock Draft Monday on the bullpen, and who doesn't love a good mock draft? We're going to talk about prospects, Texans draft picks, and more on this edition of the bullpen. Welcome to this edition of the bullpen. For those of you listening, we do have visual aids for this episode. We will be, you know, actively conducting mock drafts. We are using the NFLDraftBuzz.com mock draft simulator. Tom and I are each going to do one. The the benefit of this for for Tom and I is that we're going to get to right in front of your very eyes, get a little more educated on the prospects, and you guys get to listen to us do that. So, what what a time, Tom. Before we get started, how are you doing today? I'm really good watching the intro. I'm thinking about the Texans' next uh, sleeper pick that, that becomes a stud, the next Tank Dell. I'm hoping that they get their hands on one more blue chip in, say, the third round, fourth round, something like that. That Next year, we're talking about them trying to find that guy in the next draft. No, yeah, and it's a little bit less depressing to see it because we know that the next time we see the Texans play, we will get to see C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell squabble, if you will. And if you're not watching, I, I tried my very best attempt at a squabble. I probably shouldn't do that. I'll <laughs> leave that to, to Tank and, and CJ. But yeah, so speaking of your third and fourth round, that's the deepest we're going to go. We're going to go with three round mocks. Um, just as the picks lie, we're not conducting any trades. So, and you're, you're kind of going to get, you know, an inside look at our thought process because it's very early, Tom. It is incredibly early to be doing a mock draft. So what if Steven Nelson resigns? What if the Texans decide to run it back with the exact same linebacker group? What if they, you know, say Jimmy Ward just needs another season, they don't cut him, and they decide they don't need to address safety at all? Um, there's a lot of moving pieces to what the Texans are doing, and so a lot of these picks are are going to need some explanation. But without further ado, I'm going to bring it up. If you guys are, like, once again, if you're listening, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to get it up. I've got the website pulled up. We've got, let's see, I'll set it to three rounds, 40 seconds, and we are the Texans. Um, and another note is, is that uh, we don't know who's going to be available to pick because at this point, this mock draft simulator has thrown quite a few random things, uh, wrenches in the plan, if you will. Who knows if Brock Bowers might be available at 23 with the way that this mock draft simulator is going, but... Let's get it going. I'm going to go ahead and start the draft. And Tom, I want you to go first. So I'm going to get it get it rolling. We're running through MHJ off the board at the top. Let's see. Sorry, Caleb Williams is at the top. Um, see, Brock Bowers at 11 to me is interesting. I because I don't see him making it out of the top 10. But I think good. all of this changes too. Obviously, pro days, different tests. Somebody runs a slow 40 time. You're going to see guys shuffle up and down. It'll be oh, interesting yeah. to see who's available at 23 for the Texans. Right yeah, now. And, and if you look oh, at 22, the Eagles took Kool-Aid McKinstry, which is like my go-to right now. At this point, if I was picking, that was where I would go and it would be frustrating. But Tom, I'll scroll through the prospects for you. If you stop me when you see a name that you like. So mine is different than yours, I think. Well, yours will be different, but I, I yeah, that's going to be a tough part about conducting this. We're kind of working out the kinks 
as we go but let's see why all these ads keep popping up jeez um but i guess if you have someone someone on yours i can see if they show up on mine so for me kool-aid went at 20 to the steelers Ooh. which is really interesting because i don't know that they need a corner obviously their secondary had some issues but i thought that was due to injury so what I have available to me on this on on my mock draft that I ran, I have Tyler Newbin as the number one guy safety out of Minnesota. There behind him would be Quinion Mitchell, a corner out of Toledo. That's just from the DB perspective. If we feel that DB is the is the direction that that they're going to go, right now until I see them spend the money, I feel like DB makes a lot of sense. Um, I think edge rusher could make a lot of sense too, where I've got Chop Robinson as the best available. That seems like a reach the way they have him ranked. They have him ranked 38. If we're just looking at the best available, it's probably Amaris Mims, a tackle. And I don't know that I want to, like like we talked about, I don't think that the the ideal position for them is tackle. So what I'm going to do with this draft is I'm going to draft Keon Coleman, your guy, the wide receiver from Florida State. All right, and he's on my board, so I'll go ahead and mark it since I'm presenting. I think that you can present your you if you share your screen. I'm pretty sure I can put it up here, and then um, that might be a good. I, I was just gonna let you do yours, and they would see yours, and then I would do mine over here. Oh, that makes sense. We're yeah. we're figuring this out, guys. This is the first mock draft <laughs> Monday of the bullpen's history, so first of many. First of many. Let's see. So for me, and you guys can see it. Um, Brian Thomas, a lot of the really good picks came off the board. Man, imagine if Cooper DeGene uh, of Iowa made it down. That's like the first, you know, white starting level corner, you know, first round pick. There hasn't, I don't think there's been a starting corner that back that's been white in the league for like several years now, but he's out. Um, Let's see. It's just, it's a tough pick at this. There's part of me that wants to go with Kamari uh, Lassiter but I'm not super familiar with his game. I'm going to go ahead and pull up his scouting profile. Um, Let's see. Four, five, eight, 40. And the source of that's not even, it's not even like high school or college or anything, but not, not the quickest corner. Um, Four star prospect per ESPN, 24, seven sports and rivals. Um, draft bio. He's let's see. Hit the ground running as a true freshman. So let's see. I here's his strengths: fluid athlete, the ability to match perimeter wideouts in NFL transitional quickness. Um, displays an impressive vertical route coverage due to his swift transitional quickness. I'll tell you, I, I, the 40 times always baffled me because a four, five, eight, 40 is, is not the quickest 40 I've ever seen, but I guess it doesn't really matter in, in the cornerback game. Cause you are already at such a disadvantage. It's not really about straight line speed. It's about your quickness and ability to cover. Um, let's see, highly effective on the perimeter exhibit sharp instinct. Let's see weakness while displaying physical play style. His wiry build may not match up well against the bigger NFL perimeter receivers. I don't know if I like that. Shows tendency to rely on grabbing to enhance disruptiveness, which resulted in penalties. We don't need any of those. It's not a good look. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna go with my gut. I, I don't. Nothing on the scouting report sticks out. I would need to look a lot closer at it to feel good about that pick. 
Um, I'll say that if Keon Coleman is available to the Texans here, I'd have trouble not taking him. So I'm also going to go Keon Coleman. Um, and while mine is moving forward, if you want to, wh- what's going on with yours right now? So it, I'm on the clock. It's my pick. I have a couple of different options my way. I've got a corner that's still on the board that I think could be a reasonable value. He's ranked number 58. It's Josh Newton out of TCU. But the the player that I'm interested in is an edge rusher, Chris Jenkins from Michigan. Obviously, Michigan won the national championship. I'm looking over his profile right now. Son of a football player, four-time pro bowler, uh, Chris Jenkins Sr. So, you know, the pedigree's there. Somebody I think that D'Amico could work with. Um, Scouting report says he's tough against the run, which we really need that. Hard to push around to a solid stance and strength. The weaknesses needs to ramp up his game as a pass rusher, which kind of scary because I'm thinking if they go this route, it's to potentially replace John Grenard. So I don't know how I love that. Um, I think edge rusher is the way to go. And, and I'm just going to take a shot on Chris Jenkins. Hopefully they can coach him up. All right. Um, let me see. So honestly, the, if you look on my screen, um, and in the second round, I've got four guys that I, or sorry, three guys that I like really am interested in for different reasons. Um, you got Edrin Cooper out of Texas A&M, um, and Tavondre Sweat, which would be the defensive picks. Now this is assuming that the Texans either don't keep Blake Cashman or a a significant number of their linebackers, or maybe you got a guy in the second round that you think could possibly develop like a Christian Harris type, uh, you know, obviously drafted a little sooner, um, more, more play ready, uh, at this draft position. And I don't know if the Texans have that deep of a need at linebacker. I think that, that there is, I'd I'd equate linebacker to O-line in a way where there, like a lot of pieces are already there. It's just in, there's just not a lot you can really do to fix it except for throw more at it. And so uh, that's my hesitancy to draft at linebacker. Um, as far as the D-line goes, I feel like that depth in the D-line is, has been a big issue. Um, so I do like Tavandre Sweat from that perspective. Um, and then Jonathan Brooks is another name that pops out because I, I think the Texans' run game doesn't just need the offensive line to step up. Um, I think that a lot of people underestimate Kenyon Green coming back because he is was meant to be that run blocking left guard. Um, and so the Texans issues with run blocking, I think, more stem from injury. There is work to be done, but I mean that we didn't really ever see the best version of the Texans offensive line. So I and that's also there's a lot of there's three players that are locked up on contracts. The only places you can really adjust are center and guard. So if I'm looking at it, I don't know, man. This is like worst case scenario for me because it's a tough choice. Um, I mean, if I had to make a choice here, I'll probably go with Tavondre Sweat. Now, this is going to assume that the Texans address running back in free agency. I think Saquon Barkley is the Texans' Twitter favorite so far. Him and, and then Seth Payne implied that Derrick Henry's ability to run behind the trash Titans offensive line um, really 
would be useful in the Texan situation if the offensive line doesn't progress. So with that in mind, I'm going to go with Devondre Sweat. As a Longhorn fan, I love the pick. Um, I was I was trying really hard to be objective and not just go pull my guys from college that I that I followed. He was a monster at UT. So big fan of that pick. If, yeah, if, if Byron if Murphy holds fell, up. there was a lot of people I heard talking about Byron Murphy being like uh, up closer into the first round. I don't know where his, his rating is falling, but he's been getting drafted somewhere around the uh, early second round. But I can't. I, that's a biased thing for me too. Huge Texas fan. Um, if I felt like we had a deeper need at linebacker, or if I'm trying to emulate what the Lions did last year with Jack Campbell, I'd probably go with Edrin Cooper just to like get that young linebacker, like another young piece in the linebacking core. But I think that either way, I addressed the front seven, and that really is what needed to happen. So, so I thought it interesting on your screen, you had four trade offers and you just instantly rejected. I went through the trade offers and I looked at them. I was going to present them to you and see what you thought about some of them. Here, They're actually see. really interesting from a standpoint that it almost seems too good to be true. The Cowboys like, offered me DeMarvian Overshun, who I was really high on last year, but offering a rookie linebacker in a, or a second-year linebacker, I guess, at this point in a trade just doesn't make any sense at all. So uh, that's my thing. That's why I try. I know that Nick Casario is going to make like 100 trades on draft day. That's just who he is. He'll trade you know, a bag of chips for you know, and a seventh-round pick to move up half a spot if that's what it takes, if that's what he sees fit to do. But... Um, I, so I think the draft simulator, its biggest weakness is the trades just aren't great. And I think that you're about to illustrate that for us in terms of accuracy, at least. (laughs) Well, the very first trade I got was from the Vikings. This is for the 85th pick, the third round. They offered me their fourth round, which was 130, their fifth round, which was 166, their seventh round, which was 230. And Ty Chandler, which I was like, wow, that's that's a lot. That's generous. <laughs> but um, it seems like you said a little too too good to be true. The next offer was two six rounds from this year from the Bucks. Uh, a third round in twenty twenty five, a fourth round in twenty twenty five, and De'Aaron Sinnott, a D uh, D tackle. Which again seems like a lot for the 85th pick. Obviously, I, I guess I don't know what the value is or whatever. But and then the Bengals came in with a fourth round pick this year, then a third, a sixth, and a seventh next year. So for for all of those reasons that we talked about, I'm rejecting them, and we'll go back to the draft. So at 85. I've got a couple different options. I haven't addressed corner, so corner's still out there. I could go pull another Wolverine, Mike uh, San, San, San still, San Ristrill? I'm, Sa- I'm, he's on mine too. San, San Ristil? I'll butcher in this thing. I'm sorry. I, I feel that San Ristil. Maybe that's it. Um, oh, yeah. If the Texans feel like wide receiver is an option, uh, Malachi Corley uh, from Western Kentucky. He's rated a little bit higher than that pick. There's also another edge we could go. I believe that's Malachi. Malachi, okay. I think so. I think that's how I've heard that said before. So it's really just interesting. I don't I don't necessarily know 
what direction we're going to go based on what the need is. So hypothetically, I'm going to say they don't bring back um, Dalton Schultz. And they want to they want to go out and get a tight end. So I've got a guy that's a that was a tight end and an edge rusher out of Ohio State, Cade Stover. And uh, I'm going to look Cade at Stover's him. Still on bit. your board, nice. He's still on my board. I don't believe he played <clears throat> edge. I don't. I've seen that on there. I don't know what that means. Tight end slash edge. Maybe he did. I mean, JJ Watt played tight end and then played. You know defensive line so I'm, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility but it's a weird label it says stover was originally recruited as a linebacker but transitioned to defensive end before his freshman season he flipped from tight end to linebacker in 2020 and 2021 serving in a reserve role and only became a full-time tight end recently so a lot of tread on the tires wasn't out there getting pounded on a ton so in 2022 he had 36 catches for 406 yards and six TDs. So it's like reverse JJ Watt. Um, what is um, how do you say in terms of his strengths and weaknesses? Is he like a good blocking tight end or? So this says solid. This is this is a strength. Solid, well well proportioned frame with good box out utility and length. Explosive enough to get deep and manages to get a step on linebackers. Mm. Uh, physical after the catch, consistently finishes forward against contact. Strong hand strength can pry passes away from defenders. So a lot of his, his strengths are, are built on his catching ability. So his weaknesses lack speed to maintain space, can be run down by faster athletes. I got it right here. If you look, I pulled up his profile on my screen and I just highlighted it. This last one. Jeez. Mm. Blocking but, skills are very underdeveloped due to his overall inexperience in playing offense. But if 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 that's a need, obviously this is a guy that you build up in the same vein as Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan, I don't think coming out of college was a huge, highly ranked tight end, and he just kind of got coached up. Yeah, Brevin um, Jordan was definitely touted as more of a receiving prospect at the tight end position. And and I think they worked him up to get like a lot better at blocking than, you know, maybe some expected him to get. Um, I, I would say that to me in a tight end at this point, I guess if we're not keeping Dalton Schultz, the receiving part is vital, but I, you know, I'd also looking at what kind of got the Texans in the Ravens game was there was brief stretches where they pulled in extra blockers and it really helped out. And I'd hate to pull extra blockers, like keep the tight end at home and just not really know if he's capable of doing any kind of blocking whatsoever. It's also interesting to me that Kate Stover played defensive end and played in that role in the trenches and the part that he's not good at, or I, I shouldn't say not good at, but that his one of his weaknesses is blocking. I, I know it's different. You know, obviously rushing and blocking are not the same thing, but you would just think that those skills would translate a little better than catching the ball as a, as a lineman, but I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I'm really torn right now. Uh, we've got the wide receiver. We've got an edge rusher. I feel like the next position is maybe, maybe tight end. I, I mean, 
we could go back to the safety thing and you've got Tyke Smith out of Georgia. I feel like that could be something, you know, maybe they go that route. Maybe they develop a tight, a, a safety. That could be good. Let me see. Pull his profile up. Good strength to tackle plays with high energy and is tough minded overachiever. He had good instincts. That's nice. Let's see. A four five zero forty five ten two hundred five pounds. Um, his greatest attribute in terms of his ratings uh, is coverage, which is huge. With man man being better than zone. You think about Petrie being more of the guy that you want in the box, being a hitter. If Petrie is the one safety going forward, this would be probably a step in the right direction for the other safety, being a good cover guy, having good instincts. Oh yeah, let me see. So th- he's a he's a three star on all websites except for rivals coming out. Of, I want to say high school. Um, and it looks like he's got like like a good amount of experience. It's not like he like just started playing this year. You know, if he's playing for Georgia, it's not it's not a fluke. It's not an accident. I mean, that's no, yeah, as good as it gets, right? There's a reason that. Um, What's it called? There's a reason the Eagles are trying to rebuild Georgia's defense. Um, good strength to tackle. Fifth year senior. Played in 13 games, 594 snaps, 51 tackles, 14 assists, 26 stops. Sign me up for this guy. All right. You want to go ahead and make the pick? Drafting Tyke Smith, safety out of Georgia. All right. I'm put in an interesting position with my third round pick because um, a lot of the clamoring, a lot of what people want to see the Texans do, um, it revolves around the O-line. I've heard a hundred different people in the past week or two say, well, it's the offensive line's fault. The offensive line couldn't pass block for CJ, couldn't run block, um, all these different things. We can We can run in circles trying to find the reasoning for why the Texans didn't do well, but in most people's minds, the offensive line is somewhat culpable. Now, there are a lot of people, myself included, that will, will give a lot of credence to the the thought that, you know, the Texans O-line was not healthy. And so when you look at that, you can draft for these positions, but a lot of these positions, the depth is leaving. So it's not bad to have that depth on the roster if, if that's what you're going to get. But I think the third round is the earliest that you contemplate making that decision of, I can draft this guy. He looks like he has starter potential, but if he becomes a backup, he's a third round pick. That's like only a little bit high for O-line draft capital. It's like the latest point at which you go, okay, like I feel like I might be drafting a starter, but who knows, right? O-line is just so hard to gauge in the draft. And so the top pick that I have available is K-State's uh, Cooper Beebe. And uh, he plays guard. I'd have to look and see. I don't know where most of his snaps took place. Um, he's rated excellently at pass blocking and is rated pretty good at run blocking. Um, I'd like to see his snap count breakdown. I don't know if this website does that, but I'm interested to see if he played a whole lot of left guard or if he mostly played right guard. I need to get a little bit more familiar with this, but let's see. Oh, so he played in 2021, he played left tackle for 13 games. 
And then he played left guard in 2022 and 2023 uh, for most of his snaps in 2023, I should say. Um, he allowed eight QB hurries, no QB hits, and one sack during that season. Um, let's see. I'd like to see if his strengths trend towards the run game. Because if he's like a run blocker, I might just call it now and go for him. Because um, <laughs> I like I've been so far in the mock drafts I've done in this short amount of time in this offseason. I haven't really paid much mind to the offensive line. But I do think at this stage in the draft, there's there's reason to believe that it could be a good idea. Um, he says potential developing patients in pass protection currently has some issues with leaning and lunging. Um, displays good awareness when it comes to reading, moving bodies, effectively reacting and adjusting. He also shows good feel for combo blocks. At his best, mauling in the run game, playing with the nasty demeanor and consistently keeping it going through the whistle. Love to see it. I mean, it just seems like the kind of guy that fits the, you know, swarm, the, the Texans mentality of like, give it your all, get after it. Let's see, for his weaknesses, despite showing capability, he often struggles with maintaining balance and avoiding lunging. That's kind of weird how they described that in his strengths as if it was, like, they. I knew that was a weakness when I read his strengths because it was said there. <laughs> so it was kind of redundant to put it, but oh well. Um, though he has the traits to improve, BB needs to work on his patience and balance during his set inconsistencies with his kick slide need to be addressed. And while he shows potential in pass protection, BB currently seems more comfortable moving forward um, than sliding back as a protector, which I mean, personally, like I said, it seems like his strengths trend towards the run. Um, I mean, other picks that I have available, like you said earlier, Mike, Mike Sainer still um, out of uh, Michigan at corner might be a solid pick if, if Nelson was to leave. Um, I already drafted the D line, so so Braden Fisk doesn't really fit what I need to do. Um, Malachi Corley, let's see what kind of what build is he. So my thing with the receiver, we've had that discussion before, where we talk about adding a receiver that like fits that third receiver in the Bengals receiving room. Um, and at this point, we'd be looking for a Tyler Boyd. You could bump Tank Dell up to the T Higgins role, and you could bump Nico Collins up to like a Jamar Chase type. Not that they match build wise or anything else but just for the sake of comparison if we're drafting a third round wide receiver um I'm, I'm not exactly expecting him to step up and play at that level and i'm also looking for more of a prototypical build not like so nico collins is great I'd say 511 doesn't get you there <laughs> yeah 511 so i already looked and like i he's it says slot receiver 511 and he's only running a 44640 which is in other sources i it doesn't tell you where they measured that at but look just looking already i don't need to read anything else to know that this is not likely what the texans are looking for they have like six slot receivers on the roster as it stands so um yeah i mean the only other prospect i'd probably consider is um maris uh leofau out of uh notre dame um i'd probably check his profile to see if he has like a fake girlfriend or something oof really another Manti Teo type story unfolding in you know in the NFL, not in Houston. You can let San Diego or I guess LA at this point handle that one. Um, and I mean for all intents and purposes, it looks like he's pretty solid. I just once again I I 
I go back to the fact that I'm just not sold on the fact that this Texans team is going to use high draft capital on linebacker. If they let someone walk, they'll probably sign someone else. Um, I I don't see why they draft. They already have Christian Harris, young developing linebacker. They've gotten the best out of Blake Cashman. Denzel Perryman, I think, is odd man out in terms of guys that they might let walk because of his inability to stay on the field. But, I mean, you could say that about Blake Cashman, too, I guess. So if one of those two walks, I don't know why they would go with a young, use a draft pick to try and fill that hole. They already have Toa Toa in, in the Raptors, you know, developing. Um, so, I mean, I unless they think he's starting ready, like already ready to go, I, I'm going to have to go with Cooper BB here. So I'll go ahead and hit draft on that. And that's that's three rounds. Um, so for me, final is Keon Coleman, Tavandre Sweat, and Cooper BB. So addressed wide receiver, you know, and that's another reason why I couldn't go with Malachi Corley in the third round is that I'd already picked a wide receiver at the top. And so I just, I don't know. I didn't see any reason to pick him. Um, but Keon Coleman to me is, is the build and the type of guy that fits, you know, stepping in and either being a Jamar Chase or T Higgins type uh, in that comparison. So I think that with this draft that I've given, uh, we're taking the route of let's supercharge the offense and and see what happens. And we're hoping that Keon Coleman is that at the 23rd pick. Um, and then Tavandre Sweat, and you were just shoring up the trenches, give it, giving the guy some help. But your final result, you had Keon Coleman in the first round, but who are your other two picks? I already reset it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You're not going to lie. Oh. <laughs> I, know, I know I went safety. Um, I really feel like the Texans need to hit with the first round pick. I, to be honest with you, outside of Keon Coleman, I think we both agree that, that that's the way that we think the Texans should go. I think we could see, like you said, I think the second, the third, I think they both could be had to build draft capital. So while Tavondre Sweat would look great, Cooper Beebe would look great, I feel like there's a good chance that you you called it, that we're, we're going to see, uh, a la the Patriots of old, we're going to see Casario trade back to acquire more picks and try to build in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Because as D'Amico said in the past, that's where he feels like he gets to do his work, where he becomes the teacher, where he gets to take a guy and mold him into something. The top three guys, they're day one starters. The top three rounds, those guys are coming in, expected to do their work. The four, five, and six rounds – in the seventh round, he feels like those are guys that he can coach up to to create a better player. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree. And with that, I mean, even considering, right, we both picked Keon Coleman, I don't think Keon Coleman makes it to 23. I think really? That, I think that he gets picked earlier. Him and uh, – so there's a few. Uh, Mel, Mel Kuyper's first mock draft, which, once again, I'll clarify because we're doing mock draft Monday. We like looking at the prospects and seeing them, but we both understand that that this is way early. We don't know anything about what the Texans are. March 13th is the earliest we kind of start to see the vision from the Texans, right? But Mel Kuyper's first mock draft has seven wide receivers going in the first round. So the likelihood if, in knowing what I know, because wide receiver is one of the few positions I did keep pretty close tabs on during the season while the Texans were playing meaningful football. Um, it's hard not to catch a highlight from the college level when it happens. Um, you know, and, and obviously we don't need quarterbacks. So like, I'm not, I'm like, Oh, quarterback. Okay. Whatever. 
But Keon Coleman caught my eye, and and looking at the receivers that potentially could go, I can't really name too many that I think teams would pick ahead of him. So you know, there's there's Marvin Harrison Jr., there's Rome Odunze, and uh, Brian Thomas, or is it Brian Thomas, the guy out of LSU? Now I'm losing my mind right now because I need to look that up. It is. Let's see. Oh, Malik Neighbors is another one. So that's one, two, three. That's the wide receiver out of LSU. Yeah, he. Well, he's out of LSU, and then Brian Thomas. Yeah, I said it's Brian Thomas. So those are the guys that go in front. Um, I, I mean, I guess I could see Keon Coleman falling to Houston, knowing that. Now I underestimated how many were in front of him, but yeah. So that's that's four or five wide receivers. And like I said, this this simulator is just not going to catch what teams are thinking at this point. It doesn't know. I don't even know if it would adjust after. So, I mean. And in this one, in the one that I have, Brian Thomas is is the 29th ranked wide receiver behind the ones you mentioned. Xavier Leggett. Or this is the total rank. I'm sorry. Not, not the ranked wide receiver, but the total rank. 29th ranked prospect uh, behind Xavier Leggett, Troy Franklin, and then Brian Thomas. So there could be a lot of different teams that have different draft grades on some of these guys where Keon Coleman falls to the Texans and that works out great. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of hoping for if the Texans go wide receiver in the first round, which I think every year since I've become a Texans fan, you know, that DeAndre Hopkins, even with DeAndre Hopkins on the team, right? Every year that I've been a Texans fan, there's been this strong desire to spend first round picks on wide receivers from the fan base just to like have someone to support. And I think the only year we truly got like the experience of what it feels like to have like, you know, a number, a true number one. And then a true number two wide receiver was that brief stretch where Deandre Hopkins and Andre Johnson were on the same team, but they were like trains passing in the night. They just didn't catch each other at the right time. Imagine a receiving core with Andre Johnson as wide receiver one and Deandre Hopkins as wide receiver two, like, a clear cut like AJ's ready to have a great year. You know, he's not at the end of his career and he's not being asked to sit and play wide receiver two because DeAndre's ready. Like, imagine that. That's just I I don't even know. But yeah, so I mean I understand the hype of, of getting a wide receiver and I think a good one will be available. It's just a matter of what the Texans want to do. Like selfishly, the longhorn in me. Uh, if Xavier Worthy gets anywhere near that 58, and we just got to move up a little bit to go get him, that guy's a stud. And- yeah, he's quick. I mean, I, I saw several plays, and you know, because personally, if you if you want to, I, I watch like the big college football games, and I watch the Texas games. That's really all of my college football viewing experience. So I watch Xavier Hutchinson, or not Xavier. Ooh, I'm I'm getting caught up on who's on the roster right now. Um, I watch Xavier Worthy catch passes that. He had no business taking to the house and just jetting and just getting there. So, I, I mean, there, you spoke to it before, and, and I think we're going to be applying this principle at points throughout our mock draft experience. The Texans have gotten to a point where it's really best player available. They're going to have two or three options in mind, and they're going to have to pick who they think most improves the roster. So once you have your quarterback and, you know, there's no glaring holes in the roster, it's just really about, you know, shoring up positions and making them better by a lot. So you have to think that this talent that's coming in, you have to decide, is this guy really improving our receiving core by that much? Is this guy really improving the cornerback room by that much? And that I think is the metric that's going to 
it's going to be easier to see where the Texans are looking once we have that in mind, once the free agency shakes out. But Tom, it's been a fun mock draft Monday. Do you have any final thoughts for the viewers before we kind of send them on their way? Again, guys, we just want to get the ball rolling, kind of kick some stuff around. Obviously, we understand that this is all subject to change, and we could be talking about totally different needs. We could talk. We could be talking about totally different scenarios. Hell, they could trade half these picks away, and, and the Texans take nothing from the draft because they're kind of built to do some things in free agency that if they get those done early, you could make trades to gain draft picks later on in life and just roll with what you go out and buy as opposed to what you want to develop. So we're aware of that. Um, we, we just want to, like like I said, get a better feel for these players, get a better understanding what the Texans could be looking at. And I think this is a great way. I, I appreciate James for, for dreaming this up because I think this is a great way to understand what's out there because there's a lot of these guys that I, I can't even say their names right. But we'll get there. No, yeah. And I, I'm glad to do this. Like I said, this is is huge benefit to us because we get to kind of show you how we're doing our own research and we are far from experts. We know that. So uh, it's nice to, to kind of have this forum to kind of talk about it and get a more educated personally. Like I feel like I got a lot out of this, just reading some of the scouting reports and, and thinking through what I think the Texans should do. But luckily I'm not the GM of the Texans. So I don't have to uh, in, at the end of the day, make that decision. Um, but speaking to free agents, um, we're, we're going to be releasing an episode on Friday. So this is mock draft Monday. If you tune in on Friday, we'll be talking about free agents. And if you tune in on Wednesday live, you can catch us review Mike of Mike's book reviews. He's a H-Town native, a huge Texans fan. I follow him on, on Twitter and uh, always on game day, super active, talking about the game. Um, has, has like over 100,000 subscribers on his BookTube account. He's like the BookTube guy. So if you like books and you like the Texans, this is, this is the episode for you. It'll be live. Uh, on Wednesday, and then if you want to listen to it, it'll be available on Thursday through Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So tune in. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, I'm at M1 Texans fan. That's also how you can find the podcast on YouTube. If you want to see the uh, mock drafts that we put together here on this episode, um, and Tom is Third Coast Tom. You can find him on on Twitter. You, you'll never hear him refer to it as X because that's just not his style. Um, but until next time, thanks for listening, and uh, you know, stay classy, Houston. Vamos, Texans. Thanks for tuning into the Bullpen, a Texans podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Please like, comment, subscribe, and follow along for more Texans talk from the Bullpen. <laughs>